written, Do not be afraid, O daughter of Zion. See, your king is coming seated on a donkey's colt. At first, his disciples did not understand all this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about him, and they had done these things to him. So what's going on here? We've got shouting going on, not in this passage, but in all the other three Gospels, we have people that are throwing their cloaks in front of Jesus. And he's on a donkey and stepping on their clothes, and they're shouting, blessed is the king of Israel. So these palm branches that you've been waving, this is a celebration. This is not, this is a relatively common tree in this area, and they're just going and ripping these things off the tree, and they're waving them like they would a returning victor king. And it also represents peace. And then when they're shouting, Hosanna, it is, uh, it literally means save us. I, if we had a common vernacular, we'd be going, help me, Jesus. Save me. I need you right now. But of course, it, it had grown to a place of just worship, an expression of praise. And they're saying, blessed, blessed is the king of Israel. There's this expectation that a Messiah is going to come and bring this whole thing to a close. A lot of the crowd has been praying their whole lives that this Roman domination would be thrown off of them, that the glory that they knew under King David and Solomon as being the, the, this great kingdom, that it would return. They would have power and authority and peace. And then the cloaks are throwing down. That represents submission. Jesus, we just lay everything down before you. So all of these acts are happening simultaneously. And they don't really know what they're doing. I, they don't realize that they're fulfilling a prophecy. I don't think these people are walking with this in the back of their minds. In fact, it says the disciples were not understanding what was happening in this situation. But they are fulfilling a prophecy. Zechariah 9, rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Shout, daughter Jerusalem. See your king comes to you, righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey, on the colt, the foal of a donkey. And then there's another passage here, and these are clearly what was foretold. As, were, as the, the prophets, as the psalmist was in prayer and vision, started writing things that he didn't fully understand. He says, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The Lord has done this, and it's marvelous in our eyes. The Lord has done this very day. Let us rejoice today and be glad. Lord, save us. There it is. That's that phrase. Hosanna. Lord, grant us success. Bless is he who comes in the name of the Lord. You've heard that before? From the house of the Lord we bless you. The Lord is God and he has made his light shine on us. With bows in hand, join in the feastal procession to the horns of the altar. So there... They're not just caught up in a moment. They are fulfilling prophecy. Now, let me, let me take it up 3,000-foot level, and that's, that's where I'm, 
I, we're looking down at this whole scene and a perspective and seeing that it was, it was more than just an emotional reaction that these people had. And it was something that was not organized by political leaders. It was not organized by the religious leaders. It was a spontaneous expression. Jesus is coming to town. He's coming. Something. There's an, something was growing inside of them. That this is a historic moment. This is something's about to happen. This is a big deal. The invisible is about to become visible. Now, I, I, I've been praying and thinking, how do I uh, communicate some of the thoughts that are in my heart as I, I look at this passage? And it's, it's like everything that is real in the spirit realm, everything that is substance, that is eternal, that we can't see is starting to come in line with what you can see here on the earth. So God, who created everything, is coming closer to being seen as king by everybody on earth. Does that remind you of anything? The second coming of Jesus, his ultimate purpose coming together. But in this moment... It is so dynamic that Jesus said, hey, if you tell these people to be quiet, quiet, the rocks, the, this whole place is going to start shaking and talking. Now, I would have liked him to get everybody quiet and see the rocks start talking. That would have been amazing. But what's happened is, is God has kind of pulled back this curtain for a moment and the air is electric. There's something that is, oh my, oh, oh, this, this could be it. I'm, I'm actually going to see this with my eyes. This moment is happening right now. The king is coming to the holiest place there is. Prophecies being fulfilled. Everything we've ever hoped for. It's just about to happen. Now, again, the crowd does not fully understand this. They just feel the hair standing up on the back of their necks. They just, they're like, what? What's going on here? They didn't realize that humility had to come before power. They didn't realize the importance of the sacrifice of Jesus that was about to happen. And they didn't have any understanding that there was going to be a second time. That this was, there was a first that opened up a door on this earth. And there was going to be a second time. So, that second time, that's what I want to talk about for a moment here. You know, when I was growing up, my father was a pastor. And he taught on the book of Revelation, it seemed like every year. And... You know, I, I had a hard time kind of connecting the dots. It was uh, dragons and, you know, angels and bowls pouring stuff out. And it's like, whoa, this is, you know, 
I, I'm going to school tomorrow. I'm not really sure how relevant this is to my life right here. And uh, there's a book that came out uh, by a guy named Hal Lindsey that, that called The Late Great Planet Earth. And we were all living in a moment. This was called the Jesus Movement. I'm old, okay? I, I saw the Ed Sullivan Show in the 60s. I'm old. Okay. That was... See, some of you don't even know what that means, so that's how old I am. <clears throat> uh, but in that season, we had an expectation that Jesus was coming back. There was an, it was imminent, something. I was not going to graduate from college before Jesus came back. So why go to class? What am I doing here? I, I had an, an expectation that Jesus, you know, at every season of every decade as I went through, I had this sense that the king was going to come back to earth and everything was going to be changed. Now, what is this, what is this picture for us? What's the second coming is just like what these people on Palm Sunday thought, all Prophecy will be fulfilled. That's what they were thinking. But I'm telling you, there is a reality in that, that they did not experience that we, this earth is going to experience. History, they saw history as coming to a climax. And I would tell you, you know, it, it, it feels kind of like, okay, people that are talking about the second coming of Jesus, they... they make funny bumper stickers like, Jesus is coming, look busy, you know. There, there, there's a mockery, in a sense, about this. There's a, you know, you've been saying that for a long time. You guys are getting fired up about this thing. This cannot be reality. And it brings a dullness to us. Peter responded to that and said, A day to the Lord is like a thousand years, and he is, he is patient so that we could repent. Now, so I feel that we've, in so many ways, we've lost a sense of the imminent return of Jesus. And if there's a day to celebrate that or emphasize it, it's today. If I was in charge of the liturgical cha- calendar, I would have Christmas, Easter. Christmas is the birth of Jesus. Easter is the resurrection of Jesus. And Palm Sunday is an expectation of the second coming of Jesus. There, a king is coming. It's, it's a big deal. It's not a side issue. It's not something, it's not like a little thing down here. The Christians greeted one another, uh, excuse me, when they said goodbye to each other in the first century, they said, Maranatha, which means, come quickly, Lord Jesus. When Jesus left his disciples, he said, don't worry, I'm coming back. I'm going to prepare a place for you. When the Bible was closed <laughs> in Revelation it says, the, the prayer that comes out of John's mouth is, come quickly, Lord Jesus. 
You know, when, when he comes, every wrong is going to be made right. Sickness and disease, it's going to be done. Now, it doesn't mean that we don't continue to work fervently in God's purpose. It doesn't mean that we're not involved in Brighton Blitz this week. It doesn't mean that we don't pray and work toward justice in God's purposes. But there's something bigger than any of that that motivates us to get out of bed in the morning. If, you're, if your life is focused too much on yourself, I've got good news. It's not about you. It's about Jesus. He's the center of this story. It's not about, it's not all about your needs getting met. <clears throat> it's about him getting all of the glory. And when he is in the right place, everything makes sense. And when he's not, you're going to be confused. Life is a mess. So, Jesus, come quickly, Lord. For some students, you're saying, come before finals. Here's a couple of passages in 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 and 17. So I, this is not a side theological issue. The Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we'll be with the Lord forever. So I, again, I, I, I was just starting to, I, a few months ago, I was going, when was the last time someone started talking about the imminent return of Jesus? It was the fire of revival when I was young. It was the passion that we lived out. Like, this is not all there is. <clears throat> If you don't have enough in your 401k, praise God, maybe Jesus will come back. The king that the crowd hoped would come in power in Palm Sunday, as he entered Jerusalem, is coming back. Philippians 2, 8 through 11. So being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. So we see death, burial, and resurrection right here. And then we're talking about the closure of time. The name of Jesus, at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. Every cloak there is is going to be thrown in front of Jesus for his donkey to ride on. Every, everything, it'll be either with your will engaged in that process or with some without their will engaged in the process. They will bow their knee. He will be seen as king in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. In Revelation, John is seeing into eternity. 
He's seeing into the future in the seventh verse. He said, look, he's coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. Now, we actually have a response time. I'm going to, in just a moment, ask the band to come up. But I'm, I am trying to preach some excitement into you, trying to preach some expectation into you, I'm trying to preach some hope into you this morning. And I don't know about you, but I need fresh vision and hope for Jesus' imminent return in my life. I so often am stuck in a place where I am anxious about things that don't matter. And his words, be anxious for nothing. With prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known to God in Philippians chapter 4. We're, you're looking for something to give you more strength to overcome sin. <laughs> I want to tell you, it's putting Jesus in the center and giving him, putting an awareness of who he is, like was happening that was exploding in people's minds on Palm Sunday. If you don't have that expectation of his return, ask for it. Ask for it. If you, if you don't have an awareness of who Jesus is and his imminent return, then forget about your neighbors. Forget about people that don't know Jesus. You know, maybe someday it'll happen. But if you're walking in an awareness that this whole thing could come to a close, it amps up. They need to know. They need to know who he is. And I'm, I'm just going to push you a little bit more. Do you believe this? Just look in your own heart. Do I believe this is really true? Do I believe these verses that Mark is reading this morning? Do I really believe they're true? Or do I believe that we have control over this whole situation here on earth? Now, we could have an argument rationally, and I can talk to you about a lot of places that are pretty much out of control, and that even when you think you have it under control, you do not have it under control. But there is one. And I want you to stand up right now. I want the band to come on up. And we're going to worship a little bit. Get your palm branches, your palm fronds, excuse me. If you need Jesus this morning, then you should be shouting, Hosanna, Lord, save me. I need a Savior. If you didn't know... Maybe you're just looking in here trying to check this thing out, and some of you brought friends and saying, oh, no, Mark went off the rails today. He's talking about second coming. But for those of you who are saying, you know, you need a Savior. That was what was going on on Palm Sunday. They were going, save me. Now, again, there was worship that that became an expression of Hosanna. It was a shout like, praise you. But in the heart, it's save me. If there's a place in your life where you're going, 
you know, I think I've got this whole thing under control. And at the same time, you're wondering, why is my heart so dull spiritually? Why do I not have a passion for God's word? Why do I not have a burning sense of communicating the gospel to anyone? You need to throw your cloak in front of Jesus this morning. You need to find a new place of submission to him. You need to say, Jesus, you are Lord. You are king. You want to have this burning awareness that eternity is going to come. This this world is going to come to a close. Lord, there's something that's happening that these people were seeing that I want to see. I want to feel this. I want to live in the light of that you're going to close this whole thing up. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Is that it? If that's not what you feel this morning, ask the Lord to put that in you. Get me out of myself, Jesus. Get me out of all the details in my life. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Of all the things you're expecting and hoping for. He's more. He's higher. He's bigger. He's the one that puts everything into perspective. good news. (laughs) This is worth jumping up and down about and saying, Jesus is coming. Now for some, it it may be like, whoa, wait a second. I thought I was, I thought I understood everything. But there's, this picture is going to come together. Everything that is invisible going to become visible. Everyone will see it. It's going to come in the clouds. There's going to be a trumpet. There's going to be shouting. And everyone's going to see it. Jesus. Maranatha, Lord, come quickly. So as we worship, I want to invite you to, to respond to that. Those two things. You know, if you if you need to say, save me, Jesus. There's people who've been... First, you just start doing it right where you are. You don't have to wait for anybody else. If there's a place of lordship, get there so that you can celebrate.
couple of things and I invite you to join in with these prayers. Lord, awaken our hearts to the awareness of your imminent return, Jesus. And it's not about hyping something up and claiming some day in the future. It's not about <laughs> protecting ourselves defending ourselves or proving ourselves. Lord, it's about you being seen for who you are. Lord, we know a day to you is like a thousand years. So we're, not, we're not stopping living our lives, but we are asking for a greater awareness of you, who you are and your purposes. Lord, we ask that the invisible would be seen in a greater way. Who you are would be revealed to people. Sick people would be healed because of the reality of the person of Jesus. People that are under demonic oppression, they would lift. Every heaviness would come off of them because of Jesus has come. He's revealed himself. Lord, we pray in our own lives that just waking up in the morning, Lord, let us look up and say, come quickly, Lord Jesus, as we look up out of our beds in the morning, Lord. Give us an expectation of eternity. Something that is more real than anything we can see. Anything we've experienced. You are the one who's real, Lord. Lord, bring us to a place where we know we're not pretending. We're not just kind of going through the motions. We're not making stuff up. We're not trying to believe something. We're, we're coming in line with you, Jesus. That your word is alive and real in us. Jesus, build an expectation in our lives. Build an expectation in our lives, Lord Jesus, that puts everything into perspective. Every war, every injustice, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Lord, put that prayer in our hearts. When we see injustice, be involved and say, come quickly, Lord Jesus. When we see broken lives, we move toward it and we say, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Come now and reveal yourself. Come, Lord. And for the people in Brighton, the people in this city of Boston, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Reveal yourself to them. Show them that you're real. You're who you say you are. Come, Lord. Have mercy on broken marriages this week, Lord Jesus. Have broken... People that are broken and depressed, lift them up, Jesus. Reveal, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Help me, Jesus. Help us, Lord. Help us. Be the Savior this week. Be the Savior this week, Lord Jesus. speaks to me a lot because in my life there's been this desire to see the face of Jesus um, 
whether in a vision, whether face to face. Colossians 1.15 says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, speaking about Jesus. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, and in everything he might be preeminent. Um, so just I feel like there's this this clarity that this, this verse brings. So why do we want the second coming of Jesus? Because we want Jesus. You know, we, it's not this obligation. It's like a right Christian wants the second coming of Jesus. But he is so good. You want to see God? He says in John, if you've seen me, you've seen God. So why, do we, why does the earth cry out? The earth isn't crying out for God because it wants destruction or pain or this angry judgment. It's crying out for God because he is the one who made it. He holds it together and in him all things have their fulfillment. So, Lord, we just pray that there's a place in our hearts, Lord, that judges this, the, the words imminent coming. There's a place in our heart that judges the Lord. We break off those lies, those old false conceptions about what it means for you to come, Jesus, Lord. We want to know what it means, Jesus. We want to be expectant, Lord. God, I repent for places in my heart where, where rational pride wants to come in with uh, an attempt to understand this, Lord. I can't begin to understand what it will mean like when you come back, Jesus, but I want you to come back anyway. So I pray that as we, as we pray about and develop this desire, this urgency in our heart for you to come, this realization that you are coming, whether we want it or not, Jesus, just that an excitement, Lord, as we come to know who you are more, Jesus, as we come to see your face more, um, just that the desire for you to come, to make things right, to be revealed to us, that we can see you face to face, would be first and foremost in our hearts, Jesus.
we're going to be closing up for service right now. We've got a lot of things going on. I had a, a one time after I spoke, this was years ago, three decades ago, I guess, this person came up to me and they, they said, you were, you were preaching like you thought something was going to happen. And I just kind of looked at him like, Yes, of course. <laughs> it's it. I don't always know what's supposed to happen, but I want Jesus to do things in our lives. I want to speak and live in a way that I'm expecting him to be at work. So throughout this week, I want to pray blessings on you, your family, everywhere you go, that you would expect him to be at work, that there would be purpose rising up in your heart, that there would be a sense of eternity growing in you, that this life is not what it's all about. There is something higher. There is one who is greater, and that that would put identity and purpose and fullness in your life with every step you take. God bless you. Have a great week. Go get some hot dogs. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Say Maranatha to somebody.